Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. And today I'm going to be talking about Mary and at the end of our series, our prayer is that you will learn lessons of trust and obedience from the accounts of the people who hearkened the message of the first Christmas. So today, I'm going to be speaking from Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. If you have your Bibles, please pull them out. If you have your iPhones, iPad, anything of INS, please pull it out because we're going to be using it. But before I do that, I want us to pray, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much that you came down from heaven because you loved us. You came down because you had a purpose for us. And I pray right now, Lord, that you would remove any distraction here in this room. I pray people will not be distracted by their phones or by lunch or anything like that. I pray people will fix their eyes on you this morning and heed what you're going to say because you love them so much. Father, I pray that you would use me this morning. Every word that comes out of my mouth, let it be from you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Awesome. Okay, so we're going to read from the text. Beginning at verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, verse 34, how will this be? Since I am a virgin. And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, Elizabeth in her old age, has also conceived a son. And now this is the sixth month of, for her who has been called barren. Verse 37, one of my favorite verses. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Now there's a few things we have to recognize here. When God sent the angel Gabriel to Mary, he sent the angel Gabriel to make a life-changing announcement. And today, I know that this message is probably going to be a life-changing announcement for some of you. So when God sent the angel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee, you see, he sent it to a town called Nazareth. And this town was known for its corruption and immorality. You know, there's a saying that says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Have you heard that before? They usually say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? So it's almost like Nazareth had a reputation. But you know what? A lot of people, when you talk to them and you tell them where you're from, sometimes people, when they find out that you're from South Auckland, all of a sudden they're like, "Mm, oh, okay. Am I the only one that faces that or do you face that too? Yeah? Okay. (laughs) All right, so I want you to remember that 
God sent the angel to Nazareth, and in that town, it's known for corruption and immorality. Okay? So who was Mary? Mary was a young, poor female. She came from the tribe of Judah, a descendant of David, and she was a virgin. She did not come from a rich family. She has all the characteristics that to people of her day would make her seem unusable for God for any major task. She was not popular. She was not a beauty queen. And in that time, most people, sorry, most girls in that time actually got married around their teen teenage years. So scholars say that between maybe 12 to 14, that's when the angel appeared to her. But you see, Mary, um, God chose Mary to participate in a divine plan that would impact all of humanity. And the thing with God is he is God and he will choose who he wants to choose. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter your history, your background. God will choose who he wants to choose. And when the angel Gabriel came to visit her in her home in Galilee, the scripture I read before says that she was greatly troubled. So remember last week when Ken did that awesome, you know, animated sermon, and he explained how, did you, did you remember how Ken was explaining that the priests were performing their priestly duties in the temple? It was very strict, so they were performing all the sacraments, and they had to do everything carefully, and it wasn't until Zechariah went through the curtain, and he's performing his uh, duties that he sees the angel, and then he is greatly troubled. Now, the same thing has happened to Mary, because I want to emphasize something that Ken mentioned last week, and he said that there was a 400-year silence between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Now, you've got to catch something here. There was a 400-year silence where the voice of the prophets was silenced. So in the Old Testament, if you read the Bible, the way the people would hear God's voice was through the prophets. They would give direction, and so the people knew what to do. But for 400 years, it's silent. And then all of a sudden, the angel Gabriel is sent to Zechariah and sent to Mary. Of course, she has every reason to be troubled. Does that make sense? But what is so special about Mary? She was a lowly servant who was willing to be used by God. And God's favor was on her. God's approval upon her life is the game changer. Not where she comes from, not the fact that she's a young, lowly servant girl. It's because God approved of her. And the thing that I want us to learn today is there was a difference between Mary and Zechariah's response when the angel appeared to both of them at two different times. The first is the angel Gabriel came to Zechariah. He was greatly troubled. And like Ken said, of course, I feel, I'm sure most of us will be the same. I would feel that way. Angels are not these little cupid, fat, chubby things that fly around with wings like what he mentioned. That's not what we're talking about here. When the angel of the Lord that was sent from God to come and give a message to Zechariah, his response was very different from Mary. If you read the passage, it says that he actually doubted the Lord when he said that he would become a father of John the Baptist. Because in Luke chapter 1, it says... This is what Zechariah said to the angel. How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along the years. So he doubted what God was coming to say to him. And that's why the angel unmuted him. 
So his response when he came out, he was mute. The promise still came to pass. John the Baptist is, you know, Elizabeth gave birth to, to him. But with Mary, when the angel came to her, she responded in faith and obedience. And she said, let it be to me according to your word, Lord. So you need to catch the two. There's two different responses happening here. And it must be emphasized, however, that despite all these qualities that Mary had, God's choice of Mary to bear the child springs from his grace, not from any merit favor that not from any merit that she possesses, sorry. She is the object of God's unmerited, graciously provided goodness. Her description as one who has found favor with God makes it clear that God acted on her behalf and not because of her. So here's the thing. God has simply stepped into Mary's life and he brought her into his service. So, you know, today God wants to step into your life as well. And he is calling people to come into a relationship with him. So Mary was faithful. That's what we have to understand between the two. Mary was faithful and Mary was obedient. Say obedient. Okay. Okay, this is my first point that I want us all to learn from today. And that is that we need to trust God. So the passage there reads, The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. You see, Mary was just an ordinary teenager. And that's why the Bible says that she was greatly troubled because the way the angel came to her, sorry, I think I messed up my slides there. The way the angel came to her, she would have every reason to feel like, why will you choose me, God? And that's what I want to share with you this morning is, you know, when God looks at you, he doesn't look at you based on your history. He looks at you based on your destiny. When God looks at you, he knows the plan that he has for you. Not everything that you have done. No, 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 that's not how God sees. Because, see, God stepped into Mary's life and called her into service. So this morning, God has wanted to step into your life based on your destiny, not based on what, not the track record of what you've done before. Does that make sense? That's how God sees you. Not the way the world sees you. Like what I said, everyone knew what Nazareth was about, the town of Nazareth. It's known for its corruption and immorality. But it amazes me that God decided to send the angel to the worst place for the Savior to be born. Because that tells me that he is in the business of changing people's lives. Things that look impossible for you, God, is, God doesn't look at that. You know, a lot of the time when I talk to young people on the campus, I'm sure I've used this example before, when I speak to them, a lot of them say to me and Leonard, they say, I can't follow God because look at what I've done. And then I go, oh, baby girl, look at what I've done. And then I have to explain to them what I have done. Praise God. And then they're like, if God can use me, if God can use Ulu, woo, God can use you. <laughs> you get the picture. What I'm trying to say is God does not look at you based on your history. And you have a choice this morning, church, to stand up and say, God, I want to be used by you. God chose Mary for a specific assignment that would change the entire universe and change the entire world. And God can do the same for you. Does that make sense? I want to hear some amens this morning. We are walking into 2019. We are going to leave some behaviors and patterns behind. All mindsets got to go. Goodbye, devil. Close that door. All right? I'm not, I'm not competing with Kendall from lunch. 
for those of you that know me, I'm dramatic. I'm dramatic on purpose. All right. Here's another thing we have to understand. Read that scripture up with me. Uh, Greetings you who are highly favored. Did you know the favor of the Lord is a beautiful thing? Favor is demonstrated delight. Turn to someone and say, demonstrated delight. Oh, some, some husbands are like you, demonstrated delight mm. to your wife. All right. The favor of God can be described as the tangible evidence that a person has the approval of the Lord. God shows favor to the ones he delights and gives honor, and who, who give delight to him. Favor is God's supernatural influence, which brings us preference and preeminence in every situation. And it is the one thing that gives us advantage over every unbeliever, the favor of God. Those who are children of God, his stamp is marked on them. They will have favor compared to unbelievers. It's just how it is. Another thing about favor is it is God's defensive and divine protection and covering over an individual. The favor of the Lord is God's protection and divine covering over an individual. I have many examples to explain to you about this, but I'll only use one today. Uh, I flat with some amazing amazing girls here in this church. And for some reason, only me and Nati were at home at the time. It was in the evening. I think it was a weekend, a Saturday, and I had a nap. And when I woke up, I saw that no one else was in the home, uh, at home except for me and Nati. Nati's car was out there. But Nati lives in the back house. So I woke up, the lights were all off in the house, and I needed to turn it on, and I was hungry. So I got up, and I was like, oh, I'm lazy to cook, so I'm just going to get in my car and go and get something to eat. So I hopped in my car, and for some reason, usually for those that know me, <laughs> when I get in my car, I just want to get to my destination, I want to get what I want, and then I want to get home. But for some reason, I got in my car and I just sat there for two minutes. I don't do that. If I know, if I, know I have something to do, I'm going to go and I'm going to do it. But I just sat there. I don't know if it's because I was still sleepy, but I know for sure. I, I just sat there. And then I decided, okay, now I'm going to go. So I wanted to go to McDonald's. So I just reversed my car out. And then all of a sudden, if you've been to our house, we live uh, near the corner of one of the streets. And... I could hear, because my music was loud, but I could hear a loud boy racer coming down. And so because I heard him, and lots of boy racers come through our street all the time. A lot of cop cars come through our street all the time, too. Woo! But this is what happened. I was reversing down my driveway, and I heard the boy racer come, because we're used to it at home. We just hear all these amazing things outside our neighborhood. And so when I was reversing... The car came, and I said, okay, stop, because this guy's, I don't want to get in trouble. So he zoomed off. And so I was like, okay, he's gone. And as I was just about to leave my driveway, right at the tip, when the road is (laughs) over here, all I heard was this loud, Do you like my voice? (laughs) All I heard was this loud as thing. Coming down, but we live on the corner of the street, so if you're going to speed and you're going to turn, there are, there's a high percent chance that you're going to flip over, right? But to my surprise, I just looked in the rearview mirror, and it was a big black Hilux truck. 
And all I saw was, oh my gosh, so he just zoomed right past, but because he, he turned the corner too fast, he lost control of the vehicle, and right on this side, literally within walking distance, he flipped, and I heard a loud smash outside on the street. And all I said was, oh my gosh, because that's all I heard. And then I looked out, and I saw the neighbors running out to see if, this, if the passengers were okay. I flipped up the phone. All of a sudden, I wasn't hungry anymore. <laughs> My appetite has changed now. Thank you. So all I did was pick up the phone, and I started calling the cops. And they said that so many people were already calling as well. Then while I was still on the phone, they said, stay on the line with me, stay on the line with me. So I did. And they said, can you see us now? And I said, no. And then all of a sudden, I saw this. And it was two large fire trucks that had come to try and help these people come out of the car because it's a big Hilux truck and it's upside down now. And all I thought of was, oh man, I pray that these people are okay inside the car. All our neighbors were out there trying to help. Um, and so the fire trucks came and they blocked off everything. And obviously I couldn't do anything anymore. So I got in my car. I was still not hungry, but as I drove off, this is all I said. God, I thank you for your divine protection over me. Had I, you know, I told you I sat there for two minutes, and I don't usually do that, but I sat there for two minutes before I reversed. And I knew without a doubt in my mind, if I didn't sit there for two minutes, if I had reversed, I would have been whammed, and I wouldn't be preaching here this morning. <laughs> do you know what I mean? God's, God's divine protection is on those who love him and who delight in him. And God's hand is over you when you obey him, no matter what. You see, there's so many things I can tell you about situations where I could have been, yeah. But God, his protection and his sovereign hand has kept me from a lot of situations. And I always know it's the sovereign hand of God. It's his favor. God wants to give that to you today. Some of you may be in situations that are dangerous. Today you can know the favor of God can come upon you. Here's the other thing I like about favor. When the favor of God is on us, opportunities will come up and come our way that increases us for promotion, success, and benefits. God doesn't just give us favor for selfish reasons. That's another thing I wanted to say. God does not give us favor for selfish reasons. God gives us favor because it is an open door for the assignment that God has to touch and reach people to get into his kingdom. Does that make sense? So some of you are praying for a job. God, I really want that job. Well, God will give you favor. Don't complain when you get into that job because that's an open door that God has given you now so you can bring people into his kingdom. Amen? God can use ordinary people to fulfill his glorious purpose. And whom the Lord calls, so he called Mary, whom the Lord calls, he qualifies. And ladies and gentlemen, this morning I look around and I know that there is so much destiny in this room. That God has a great calling for every single person. But knowing that God has a great call in your life is not enough. You've got to do the will of God. And that is what is going to be the most satisfying thing in your soul. Amen? Okay. The second point I have here today is to trust God's word. So the first one, we trust God. He gives us favor. Second point, trust God's word. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. 
So Mary displayed faith in obedience. Like I said, in comparison to Zechariah, Mary obeyed God. Mary obeyed God to the point where she would risk the point of losing her marriage with Joseph. You know, when Ken was explaining last week, Zechariah got a shock when he saw the angel and he came out. Can you just picture what would have happened if with Mary, who is now holding the Son of God in her womb, she is engaged to Joseph. They're not married yet, but she's engaged to him. Can you imagine what is she going to say to Joseph now that she's carrying the son? She had to risk the fact that she could lose that relationship with him. But God worked on her behalf and made the marriage still work. So she obeyed to the point of risking everything. We need to obey to the point of risking everything too, family. Faith for Mary is allowing God to ruin her life in exchange for God's great plan. It takes great faith, sorry, it takes faith, not great faith. It takes faith for her to exchange what is good to be replaced with what is best. I'm going to say that again. It took faith for Mary to exchange what was good and to be replaced with what is best. So we got to trust God's word. Now, some of you may, just like the angel, when, she, when the angel appeared to Mary, and he said, you who are highly favored. You know, sometimes it can come as a shock when people, when maybe Ulu or Rowena talk to you and they say, you know what, you're going to be a great leader one day. And you're looking at them like, me? But it's because they see what God sees over you. Does that make sense? So it takes great faith. And I remember when I first came to, to this church, Many, many years ago, in 2005, I had to trust God's word and what he told me. I got saved at a, as a young university student at the University of Auckland, and I was 20 years old, 19, turning 20. I came to this church, which was in Otara at the time. How many of you were in Otara when church was happening then? Can you please slip up your hand? Yes, cool, just a few of you. So I was, I walked into my first service, and I remember watching the worship team, and I just felt the Holy Spirit so powerful and at the end, I met Pastor Ken. And Pastor Ken said to me, he met me, he said, what's your name? And I said, Fitzalua. Then the next week, what really impressed me was, he goes, hey, Fitzalua, and he remembered my name. Most islanders won't remember my name, but he remembered my name the next week. Then he called me and he said, Fitzalua, you're going to be a great leader one day. You're going to lead many people into the kingdom of God. And when he said that to me, I was like, sorry, who are you talking about? I didn't believe him. I, I really didn't. That's the truth. Because I couldn't see what he could see. But he could see God's destiny on me. And that's what I'm sharing with you this morning is that God has a great destiny on you. And I'm calling it out of you this morning. Because God has great things for you. God has great plans for you. And you've got to trust his word. Because that is the only way if you do it and obey, you will see it come to pass. And here, I want to share this with you. I turned 20 years old. I had just come from Fiji. And I remember sitting in my room when the Lord spoke to me that one day we were going to have a church in Fiji. I remember going home and catching up with some of my friends from high school. And all the catch-ups I had, my heart was just broken. So I'll catch up with one friend and they'll say, oh, man, my parents are not together anymore. My father um, beat up my mom. And so I grabbed the iron knife and threw it at my dad. And I was crying, listening to all these stories. Caught up with another friend. She's cutting herself. This is all the girls I went to high school with, my age. 
And they were just explaining things to me. And you know what they said? This is what broke me. They said, oh, lucky you, Fee. You get, you get to go back to New Zealand to that amazing church while we suffer here. And I, my heart was broken because I was like, God, we need a church in Fiji like, like the church I'm experiencing here where people believe your word, take it into action, and, and you can see a life-changing thing happening with them. So I started to pray. And then God spoke to me in Genesis chapter 15, 12, 15, and 17. And he said, I will make you a great nation. And he started speaking to me about Fiji. He started speaking to me. Pray about Fiji fee. Pray that God would send the leaders. Pray that God would send a pastor. I had to specifically pray, God, please choose the right pastor that's going to be there. I specifically asked, God, please, I need the right worship leader. I was calling things out and I had to trust in God's word. And 10 years later, we have a church there now. And you know what's amazing about that? These are some of the people that we experienced. Another thing I want to talk about here is the favor of God. So this is the cinema where we have our church in Fiji. If, you're in, if you go to Fiji, you must go to our Every Nation Church there. I want to talk a little bit about this. I went to Fiji with some of the other two missionaries that are sitting here, Tyler and Sels. Remember, I asked you, God, we need the right worship leader. God spoke to Cicela. Cicela came to Fiji. God was working all around the world. <laughs> but here's the thing. When we got to Fiji, I remember Jarrett saying to me, Pastor Jarrett is our pastor there. I remember him saying to me, we need to have church in the cinema. And I was like, huh? <laughs> he said, yeah, we need to have church in the cinema because we need to make sure that it's a place where people in Fiji won't feel threatened to come to church. So I said, okay, cool. We're down with you. <laughs> so he goes in to have a meeting with the big boss of Demoto's motor complex and I remember he came to me and he said we've got it and I was like oh my gosh praise God we've got it so we started having you know just a few services there and some of my friends in Fiji came to me and they said how in the world did you get that complex nobody can get that complex but you guys got that complex and then I said oh well God just wants to do his work here so he's going to give it to us so that's the thing is that God opens favor for his purpose, and he gives a favor to you so that you can go in there and you will bring people to him. Does that make sense? And so this is our church there now. And here's the thing. is This is the funny thing. is usually when you go in to book an appointment and you tell, you book an appointment to hire a venue, you go in there and the manager or the owner tells you the price of what you should be paying, right? But Pastor Jared goes in there and he tells him the price of what we will be paying. Every week, we'll be giving you business. Every week, there's no other church in here except us. We'll be using this facility from 8 a.m. all the way up to 11.30 a.m. every Sunday from now till we move. This is the business we're going to give you. God opened. Imagine, I don't know other meetings where you go in and you set the tone. But because he knew, he heard God's word and he knew. So he went in with the favor of God. And that is the fruit that's here today. And I want to just honor my sisters and Pastor Ulu who sent us there so we could do the work. And this is what I want to tell you today. God can do the impossible for you. Each time my friends would say, I don't know how in the world you got that complex. But I know it's God. Because God will open doors that no man can open. And God will only open it for you if you submit to his will. You trust in his word. What is the word that God is telling you today? Maybe it's just walk in his will and he'll open some doors for you. Don't complicate it, church. You just got to obey. Amen.
Remember the difference between Zechariah and Mary. One responded in unbelief. One responded, I believe you, God. Amen? All right. This is my last point. Is you got to trust God's plan. When the angel came, he said, sorry, he came to Mary and she said to him, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. That word overshadow, it actually means the Holy Presence of God. So if you're believing for some impossible situations, you can trust that when you run to His presence and His presence will overshadow you, He can open doors and unlock things for you. We have to settle the fact that God's plan is better than our plan. Amen? We have to trust that when God says, come this way, leave this job, leave this relationship, God's saying it to you, not anybody else, God. When there's a conviction, you know when God is speaking to you, you have to trust that his plan is better than your plan. Because the thing with God is he doesn't work within the box. So you can't put God in the box. Because his way is the better way for your life. And when you trust him, you trust his word, you trust his plan, the blessing will overflow in your family, in the next generation, and what you're believing for in your jobs. Amen? Some of us are going into 2019 with some worry. You need to trust in God's plan for you today. Some of you are wondering, where am I going to get food? Where am I going to get some more money? When is this going to happen? When is my family member going to come to Christ? You need to trust in God's plan that he knows the better way about how he's going to reach that person. And sometimes God's plan, it doesn't fit within your plans and it doesn't come and look the way that you want it. But I'm telling you, if you trust, you will be satisfied in the end. Amen? Sometimes things take a while to come to pass. I had to wait 10 years for that church to come to life. 10 years is a long time, ladies and gentlemen. But I had to hold on to God's word, which is the truth, which told me you, it will happen. Because I remember I would tell people in Fiji that we're going to come, we're going to plant a church. And this is what people would say. Not they didn't say to hurt me, but I knew the enemy was just trying to come and so in doubt. They kept saying, why are you bringing another church? There's so many churches here in Fiji. Why are you bringing another church? So, so many things were coming to try and stop me from what God is saying that he's going to do. And so many people are going to try and stop you. It's the enemy. It's not the person. But you have to hold on to what he says and trust that his plan is going to come about his way because it's the better way. It is the better way. And you have to settle it in your heart and stop wondering and worrying. You have to settle it in your heart that God's way is still the better way. Because it will bring blessing to you, ladies and gentlemen. I am so excited for the plans that are coming in 2019. There are some open doors that God has given our staff. Supernatural things have opened for us. And I am so excited because I know... When God gives favor, the harvest is coming. It always happens all the time. I haven't felt this excited in a long time, but I'm so excited because I know lives are going to be changed. People that look impossible to come to God are going to come to God because he looks at them according to their destiny, not according to their history. What looks impossible to you, it's possible to God. 
And don't doubt because when God changes an unbeliever, sometimes they'll supersede you. You may be sitting here in the church all this time disobeying God when God brings a new believer and he'll change them and radically use them. And you'll be wondering, oh, what's happening? You need to obey. You need to obey if you want to see some promises come to pass. I remember something God said to me. He goes, don't underestimate the new believers that I'm going to give you. Because what did I do with Paul? He came and saw, boom. And now we read all about his life, about how he did amazing things. Because God looks at the heart. He sees. So as I'm wrapping up here now, I just want to say one thing. Is that there was a high price for Mary to obey this call. It was a high price compared to Zechariah. But she obeyed anyway. And today, this is my prayer, church. I'm going to close now. This is my prayer, is that you will respond the way Mary responded in how she said, let it be to me according to your word, God. Amen. Let it be to me for 2019 according to your word. You know, I look back at my life. I told you it took 10 years for that church to come to life. I look back in that time that I had to wait. And I remember Pastor Ken also prophesied something. He said, you will see thousands and thousands of young people come to God. And that is what I have seen in the 10 years I had to wait. Thousands and thousands of people coming to Christ. Thousands and thousands of young people changing their lives. People who have been abused, sexually abused. People who have come from impossible situations. People who have come from the nightclubs, nightclub owners in Fiji, are in our church. Nightclub owners, they're in our church. Things that look impossible to God, God will step into the situation like He's stepping into your heart today. Do not harden your heart when God is knocking right now. I know the Holy Spirit is telling me God is knocking right now. You need to turn away from disobedience. You need to turn away from the things of this world if you want to see the things in your life come to pass. It's not just about seeing it come to pass. It's about knowing this God who died for you. We're just a few days and weeks away from Christmas, but this is the best celebration ever on the, on the state of the earth because we celebrate a God that came for us. Does that make sense? God, Mary had to give up something good to receive something which is the best. And the enemy of your best is settling for what's good. Just settling for what's, okay, sweet, yeah, we'll just sit here, we'll just do this. We'll just roll this. And you miss out the great things that God wants to do in your life. You don't want to miss that out. 2019, I'm telling you now, God is doing a great thing in this church. You're going to see the people that you've been praying for sitting in this church. What looks impossible for man is possible with God. Amen? So you need to speak his word over your situation. When people say, oh, man, you can't do anything. You say, I am the head and not the tail. You speak it out. You have to speak it out and hear it because faith comes by hearing. And that's what's going to change the way you feel. That's what's going to change the way you walk and talk. And you will feel that joy. Some Christians go to work and they look like the most saddest people on the earth. It's because they're not spending time with God. Because they're not getting injected in faith from the Holy Spirit. So you need to spend that time with God and hear His truth. Because His plan for your life is going to come to pass. Amen. So as I close today, everyone, please stand. And I'm going to close in prayer.